0: Welcome back to the Limited Upside podcast. Today we had a great show. We welcomed back Seth Rosenthal, uh, always a fun guy to talk to, loves his Knicks, but also knows a little bit, you know, a thing or two about the rest of the NBA. So we talked about the playoffs. We talked about are the NBA playoffs actually fun? From there, we got into a discussion about the uh, all-NBA first, second, and third teams that uh, happened to come out during the podcast. So that was cool. Uh, and then on top of all of that, we talked a little draft lottery because we wanted to get Seth's opinion on those Knicks and their eighth pick in the draft. That took us down a whole rabbit hole. So you'll see. This thing goes in a lot of different directions. So, so stay with us if you can. Uh, but before you listen to it, please subscribe, rate, review, all those good things we always ask for. We love that. We love the feedback. We got to some questions today from our listeners. They're always awesome. We have the smartest listeners. I, can't, I don't think we can say that enough, Mike. Um, and uh, and as always, you know, send those questions and, uh, and those comments and everything to Prada at SBNation.com. You can also hit us up on Twitter, at sbn, at Limited underscore Upside, and at EpiBen. We love those questions. We love hearing from our fans. And more than anything, uh, we appreciate that we are building a, a group of passionate, loyal, intelligent NBA fans. So, tremendous. Enjoy this episode of the Limited Upside Podcast. Welcome back to the Limited Upside podcast. This is Ben. I'm with Mike and our guest today is the one and only Seth Rosenthal. Seth, thanks for joining us, buddy.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: I'm the tallest person ever to appear on this podcast.
1: That's <laughs> actually
2: true. We we purposely get people who are under 5'8 <laughs> to come to on our podcast. Uh, you know, we actually shrink them if what? they're above 5'8. Does that make us heightest? Or something like that. Yeah. You know, well, some- it's just like Isaiah Thomas versus LeBron James last night. Yeah, that worked out well.
0: Um, we'll talk about that though, Mike. We'll get into that Celtics-Cavs thing, but let's before we talk about the Celtics-Cavs because that's what's happening at this moment. There's a narrative going on right now, right? There's this oh, theme. Around, I hate that there's word. There's this theme of uh, NBA Twitter that the NBA playoffs aren't good, that they've been lackluster, that there hasn't been much i don't know competition and that the games are blowouts and that there's really no real strong reason to be watching any single game right now because they've all been lackluster so mike you teed that off to me and i had a slightly different view on that but seth you also agree with mike so i want you guys to have the floor first do you agree with me i thought you disagreed with well, me so i believe the and i don't want to i don't want to ruin seth's you know shebang here but he did say he hasn't really been watching them too much and that, My that, shebang. Would, that would lead me to believe that he hasn't been that enthusiastic about them so mike you tell me why you think the playoffs have been so bad aside from the obvious which is that the games aren't close i mean that is pretty much it right <laughs> But the games aren't close. But you're someone who finds the, the intricacies of basketball in every game. You watch regular season Kings Nuggets games and Those like, are
2: actually close games
0: sometimes. <laughs> so so is the only thing that makes basketball interesting if games are close?
2: Well it's not only that the games aren't close, it's that you're you're pretty much preordained who's gonna win and I don't know, like there's something I didn't watch the Warriors-Spurs game the other night. and That was, like, the first game I didn't watch because you kind of know coming in, it's a mismatch. It's not like there's really much intrigue. And in the series where there are intrigue, you all kind of know that there's no chance in the next round. So, I mean, look, we all knew the Warriors and Cavs are way better than anyone, but I kind of wanted to see them struggle a little bit, and they haven't. It's been just way too easy. I...
1: I mostly agree. I first of all have just not been watching that close. especially this round. I I check in on the game and then I see. I, I think I told Prey to this that Spurs Warriors game one. I was watching. I think the Yankees game and I was like, well, let's just check to make sure this isn't a blowout. I mean, and game I, two. Not before game I even sorry game two. Yeah. Before I even saw the score, before the bug had popped up, I saw Pat McCaw on the floor and was like, all right, don't do this. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so yeah, I, I think a Warriors-Cavs finals will hopefully be a whole lot of fun and will be worth the
0: the slog it took to get there. So you gave me an analogy before this, right? The beach is nice, but sometimes the walk there sucks.
2: Yeah,
1: I right. think
0: we're building to something that should be historic. It's the rubber
1: match of this sort of mega series between, you know, this three-series three series between the Cavs and mm-hmm. the Warriors. Um, but getting there has, with some exceptions, I mean, the, like, Celtics-Wizards game six was unbelievable. That's, Mm -hmm. I think, one of the better playoff games in recent memory. It was awesome.
0: And game two was great in that series. Yeah, there have been,
1: especially early on, a couple points where, I mean, some of the early series were competitive, and even in the more recent series, some of the individual games have been awesome.
0: Yeah, and so I, I agree. And I think where my brain goes logically here is that there isn't much importance to winning one series in the NBA playoffs. Look, five years ago, the I shitty, think it depends who you are. Uh, Yeah, if you're building, I suppose. But ultimately, like, all right, maybe this year in particular, there wasn't one team that if they won one series, it was going to be the launching pad for anything because there's—
2: there I slightly a,
0: disagree. What about Utah? I mean, what, Utah could lose their best player this offseason and I think right it, back to where they were. I mean,
2: Yeah, but I think if they had lost that series, it would have been— Way bigger chance to lose them, but I, suppose, I see what you mean. Like, like it, worse than second round, yeah. there isn't a huge difference. But I'm ultimately. saying like there is a a definitive
0: clot in the NBA right now, which is that you can you can have a good flow of basketball, right? There can be some good games and a, and a good series here or there, like maybe the Clippers and, and uh, Jazz were. But ultimately, that's going to get you know stopped and hit a wall, which is that nobody's going to compete with the two teams at the top of their game in the East and West. And that's okay because we're going to get what we want, but ultimately it's, it's a juice and squeeze thing. We got to go through this mm-hmm. to get to what we really want, which is going to be a phenomenal NBA Finals. Wow. And I'm not counting out the Celtics what if yet. is? I'm not counting out the Spurs yet, the big by thing the way. Right I, I'm now, counting the Celtics and Spurs out. Yeah, I I'm, I'm feel pretty comfortable counting <laughs> okay, them. <I> well, <laughs> either of them could get a game, but. Well, if the Spurs win the next two games and Kawhi's ankle magically is fine,
2: if that's If the Spurs a much win more, the
0: next two games without Kawhi, No,
2: no, no. And then. No, he's, he's playing. He's, he's playing. Is next he game. playing, he's playing three. Is yeah, he? Saturday, isn't it? I mean, what if he doesn't? I didn't see anything that he might. I don't uh, there's, no
0: there's no way he's missing. The series is actually over if he doesn't play in the next game. Well, you that's go what I'm there But this is Greg Popovich. <laughs> Greg Popovich might very well be like, well, none of this matters anyway. That's <laughs> true. It's true. Yeah. true. I and mean, we
2: have bigger problems in our country that I need to worry yeah. about. Yeah, exactly.
0: hey, At least he's, and I'll say this, we have four very strongly opinionated teams. There's, there's no shortage of... Uh, I know where these people stand, coaches and players. Yeah, so I appreciate sure. that. The big thing right now for me is just everyone needs to stay healthy. The Cavs and Warriors that.
2: need to I mean,
0: get to the finals intact. Seth, I'll throw this at you. You have a strong social presence
2: and following. Congratulations on that. <laughs> uh, uh, um, I mean, I'm, I'm just going to say I, you're our top podcast. when You, you, are, you, on you
0: it. are. When we have Seth come on, the numbers just explode on this podcast. It's true. because um, people can't see me. <laughs> <laughs> it has got a face for radio. All right, with that being said, I've never seen a collective agreement on Twitter more than the fuck Zaza push after he hurt Kawhi, and it's because exactly what you said. You don't want to see guys get hurt, specifically the most important players in each series. Talk me through what you think has been the most interesting part of the non-actual X's and O's, basketball, blowouts, etc. parts of these playoffs. What's the most interesting uh, non-on-the-court themes of these playoffs? Two things immediately come to
1: mind. One is the, the now bygone Celtics Wizards mm-hmm. beef that sprang up out of nowhere. That rivalry is hilarious to me, and it just feels... It's great. Mm-hmm. It feels so... Not old school in the sense that people are like hitting each other, but old school in the sense where it's like, you, why do you have anything against each other? It's solely on-court stuff. Um, that's one. And then the other thing, which I don't know if this is exactly what you're looking for, but the, the whole Cavs flipping the switch thing, I want to talk love, more about that. It's fascinating to yeah. me. I just love that it's not they're not going to trick us again next year. Basically, <laughs> right. is when in March the Cavs defense is struggling, only the greatest of suckers is going to be like is you know are
2: the Cavs
0: going yeah. be worried about <laughs> yeah. them? I, I mean Mike, you're in charge of what we write on the basketball stuff here. Never again, right? Yeah,
2: never again. We we were joking last night uh, in in our chat rooms Whitney, Tim and I about like how next year the Cavs may as will just lay down on defense. And in for an entire month, and it really doesn't matter. The home like, advantage doesn't matter.
0: How they're playing going into the playoffs doesn't, doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. I
2: mean, LeBron may as well like sit Indian style, like while guarding his man, and like the second game of the back to back against the Nuggets. They could very
0: well get to April. Look at the
1: schedule. Look at the seating, and say, right, "We're just not going to show up for the rest of our games."
2: <laughs> they may as well. And I it's honestly, I was I was worried. I was worried about them. A lot of you people were. You know, there's no question about that. Um, but that has not turned out that way. And I'm mostly, like, just disappointed in some of these teams. Like, Toronto, like, what were you doing? Yeah, and that's one that's,
0: like, the opposite of the Jazz, right? The Jazz are on their upward trajectory, and Toronto with that loss and the way that they lost. Yeah, it's like you got all the guys you need right now. Yeah, that's it. That's 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 your best team. There you
2: go. I think also, like... We've seen in previous playoffs, um, maybe not with the Cavs in the East because they've just steamrolled everyone. But they're, you know, they had a couple moments like they've had the injuries three couple years ago, yes. yeah. and the Warriors have certainly had these moments where it's like we actually learn something about these teams before they play each other. And yeah. now, like I have no idea. <laughs> That's true. I have no idea like what possibly <laughs> I, is is like sort of the vi- the vice for them.
0: Yep, Ty Tyloo was trying out lineups last night. I, that was one, amazing. Game one of the Eastern Conference Finals. LeBron he, playing center.
2: And Kevin Love with the bench. I don't think that—the Atlanta played two minutes all season.
0: And Kevin Love was so dominant last night, too. It was, like, oddly dominant because mm-hmm. you look at these matchups, and I think—and correct me if I'm wrong here, Mike, but so much of how I perceive the Celtics right now because that last series was so grueling and it felt really intense just from an emotional standpoint, I'm looking at that Celtics team through the lens of how they played against the Wizards, and then one minute into the game last night, it's so apparent that this is not the Wizards, and that's not to knock the Wizards. No, it agreed. It's just that the Cavs have this— confidence. It starts with LeBron. It starts with the fact that the, the Celtics have 15 really interesting defensive players that none of them match up with LeBron. And right. Prater, I think what you were just
1: saying kind of answers the question Ben mm-hmm. was asking before that what is there to glean from yeah. a blowout? What is there to enjoy from a blowout in the yeah. Eastern Conference Finals? We're just getting to see the Cavs sort of go through their reps. They're basically practicing on the floor for the Warriors and yeah. so you we're probably getting some clues of what's on Ty Lu's mind as he approaches Golden State it, and vice versa when, when we see the Warriors play the, especially the shorthanded Spurs but
2: I, I think the, the, what's lacking is that there's nothing that we've seen that shows well that is something we can't use right or Well, that is something there. I'm, I'm not
1: sitting through that I don't think <laughs> I'll read your post about well they played LeBron at center for 10 minutes but I have no interest in watching
2: right I mean honestly I, I'm not sure how much interest I have in really thinking about it you know it's just I'm, I'm learning yeah. nothing from these games you get to see like what the warriors were like in an adverse situation Mm -hmm. against the thunder against memphis a couple years ago you saw like someone push them and kind of make them go raise their game to another level like these teams are in fourth gear right now yeah they just don't they're just not being like they're not playing the lineups that we would see against each other yeah so we have no idea like what it possibly could be and like we just have to hope that, oh, this will be really close, and, you know, what if it's not? I mean, the idea that you don't have to show your hand until you make it to the finals is just stupid. <laughs> it's like,
0: ridiculous. <laughs> Although,
1: if if Kawhi does come back...
0: Yeah. I mean, the Spurs were blowing yeah, out the Yeah, they were the killing Yeah, and they were riding all it the momentum. It feels like it was a year ago. I know. But... God, that was such an emotional drain game. I was watching on my phone in a car, uh, and it was not good because it was definitely far behind the uh, Twitter. Uh, <laughs> and, and so, like... Obviously, when Kawhi came back in, and then had his injury, I was behind on that, so it was ruined for me. And then to watch it happen was even more uh, infuriating because it was obviously a slightly cheap play.
2: Um, are, are you, you're being kind, or yeah. are you not? Like, do you think it was worse than that?
0: I think it's a deliberately dirty play, but I don't want to like relitigate this. I think it's probably been talked about now for like a week. But look, Aldridge tried to do it to Kevin Durant the other night, unsuccessfully, and that was more dirty. Like his was. Even more overtly trying to take a second step underneath of Durant's feet than even what Zaza did. Zaza's just good at it because he's a dirty player. Lamarcus Aldridge isn't, and so
1: Sometimes when he tried I wonder. To it. I wonder this about Kelly Olynyk too, <laughs> if some guys are just clumsy.
2: Well, is he just super awkward? Uh, that's he, what they say. This yeah. is
1: how I feel about Kylo Quinn on the Knicks. <laughs> is that like he flagrant fouls people all the time? Yeah, and I think he just
2: sucks. Well, <laughs> the other thing that this. Is going on here is that the three point shot is so damn important that, like, I'm surprised this hasn't happened more often, to be yeah. honest. You know, and so if you can't, if you can't try to close out, if you're a big guy, like, you may as well just be giving him three points. It's true. Which, look, that might be good. It might be better for the league. I don't know. But that's a dilemma. And I agree that it was, like, kind of a very clumsy, dangerous play. Yeah. You know, um, but. If you're like, if you're told like, hey, you got to stop that dude from shooting at three, and you know you're you're trying to play defense and you're a big guy, you're what is he, yeah, two hundred seventy five pounds, right? You know, at a certain point you're going to cross the line. It's kind of like you know, at some point Levar Ball was going to say something that was actually inappropriate and not just outlandish.
0: <laughs> yeah, like you sort yeah, of uh,
2: you knew that was going to happen. That's true, you're not wrong. Yeah. You're talking about the sexist comments he made. Yes. Oh, he's gonna yeah, he's going to get way worse than that. Yeah, play? I was going to say.
0: Oh, let's just, you know, put him in a small media market like Los Angeles and see how that works. Um, I'm just,
2: uh, can we, one thing I want to say the transition of the draft, like, wouldn't yeah. it be hilarious if the Celtics took Lonzo and made that whole family, right. like, suddenly become huge Celtics fans after growing up Lakers fans? Oh, it would be, be delicious. Yeah. Incredible. Yeah. There's no, this just, that's not happening. He um, also would be a pretty good fit there, but. Yeah. Because yeah. he's
0: a pass first point guard and they have a shoot first point. Tiny point guard right now, mm-hmm.
2: yeah. So uh. <clears throat> Boston, right? Mm-hmm. They win the lottery. Mm-hmm. They are in the fir- the conference finals. Like, I feel like there's so little importance placed on this series to them, which is why I'm like really mad that the Wizards didn't win that series. Like, if the Wizards be the conference finals, that would have really been something. Yeah, and I feel like Boston, like this isn't even like how many of these players are on the next great Celtics team. Two too brown and uh jalen brown and uh uh, who else maybe avery
0: bradley maybe Maybe.
2: i don't think so i think he's gonna be gone after next year because of the money and he's a free agent
0: yeah yeah they're in a weird place but they're also in an advantageous place like there's never been a more house money conference finalist than the celtics team but i want to ask you mike (laughs) um when the game started last night and the celtics came out utterly cold and avery bradley who missed zero open shots the entire wizard series well, missed every last
2: three games at okay, least okay
0: missed everything last night no linic was just regular old kelly O'Linick
2: <laughs> last night um, how, how were you what were you thinking what was your emotions last night they had games in the wizard series that were like that yeah like they had game 3 and 4 they couldn't make anything game 6 they really couldn't make anything yeah you know it, it, it's just that that's why i like kind of find the celtics frustrating to watch is that they play the same exact way and then like 40% of the time everything goes in and they look like the best team ever and 40% of the time they just always miss and it's like why is this team here? Like right. why am I watching Jay Crowder and his weird release and why am I watching Olenek and these guys are just like missing open threes. Yeah. I think that's why like when I know you don't like watching the Celtics play I think it's sort of that same thing. It's like... Well I'm just
1: a deeply bitter
2: person. <laughs> I think to me what you're describing
1: is a well-coached offense with under-talented players. So many many teams have the luxury, and the Celtics have this with Isaiah, to be clear, but so many teams can just half-ass the scheming part of it and let guys beat people. The Celtics really, outside of Isaiah, and and Brad Stevens fits perfectly into this need, um, they need to engineer their open shots, but they just don't really... You know, unless everyone strikes right at the same time, mm-hmm. they don't really have a bunch of guys who are going to regularly hit all those open shots. And, and what true. bugs me
2: is that there are all these Celtics fans are like, "Oh, we got the shots we wanted, and we just missed them. And if we just make them, yeah, well, everything was well, That's Marcus Smart. He's right. not
1: good at that. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Right. That's the whole point. <laughs> like right. the whole reason, the whole strategy the Wizards had in that series was literally to leave guys open, right? And no, and no, and bet that they could not make him pay. That's what the Cavs are doing too. Like. You're getting the shots that they want you to take. Right.
1: Yeah. And then every once in a while, Kelly Olenek decides to be Larry Baird for an evening. Yep.
0: For a quarter. Yeah, Uh, Yeah, (laughs) true. An incredible quarter. Um, Yeah, I think we had a good question here that I wanted to get to because it's sort of in this line of this series, um, which is actually more on the – I was going to say heat because that's part of the question. But – uh, on the Cavs side of here. This is from C. Cooper. Oh, I like this question. We appreciate this, is this is a question. One. <laughs> I want both of your answers to this. Uh, who would win in an Eastern Conference final series between the 2012 Heat and the 2017 Cavs? He says he's leaning towards Miami it's because of their blitzing traps. She says. She, she, she sorry. says. Sorry, I apologize. She, uh, she says leaning uh, towards Miami because of the blitzing traps, uh, battle between offensive rebounding and for, uh, forced, what's that, TOV, turnovers? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So what do you think? That's interesting.
1: Well, well, let's start let's start at the conver- <laughs> uh, at the converging point which is which LeBron would you rather have? This LeBron is older but he's
2: he's not, exceptional. He's, That's he might a be good better question. Maybe better. <laughs> it's interesting because I think this LeBron as productive as he is like he definitely benefits from you not being able to guard you have to guard all the shooters. Mm-hmm. You know, and he benefits I think from having the freedom to do that. So when he takes Kelly Olynyk off the dribble like he did uh, in that incredibly disrespectful way, <laughs> yes. what nobody really is going to notice is that Marcus Smart's face guarding Kyle Korver and uh, Avery Bradley is running with Kyrie Irving and Isaiah Thomas is your help defender. And so it's like if you're Kelly Olenek, like you just have no chance there. Like right. You could be the best defender ever and you'd have no chance.
1: Yeah, here. I need to actually look and think back about the 2012 heat depth.
2: Right. Well, so they had uh, what well, was Wade and Bosch. Obviously, was this this was? Are we talking like the playoff 2012 heat? Like once they decided, like Chris Bosch is the center, and yeah. That, yeah. Yeah, we're talking like that at that point. They had Shane Battier, uh, Ray Allen. Oh, right. Um They had Mario <laughs> Chalmers. They had um yeah, They had Norris some Cole of their own. Yeah, but they J- also had Dwayne James Wade. Jones? James Jones. Oh, well, he was on the team. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I thought I thought earlier when you were talking about the one common thread between each team
2: you were going to oh, talk true. about James yeah, Jones. talk <laughs> about
0: yeah. Who's going to win the matchup between 2012 James Jones and 2017
2: James Jones? Well, 2012 James Jones was a better shooter, but 2017 <laughs> he has a veteran savvy and yeah. tricks.
0: Very good at I think I think bench.
2: 2017 James Jones is a better clubhouse or <laughs> locker room player. <laughs> might have better morale. Uh you know what would be interesting and this might be too basketball nerdy to talk about, but like the way the Heat Defended with like two on the ball and ever like, can you do that with that many shooters? Well, you got LeBron guarding LeBron. Really? Are you sure? I think I think I like think Battier would guard. <laughs> this is <laughs> pretty funny. Totally. <laughs> if you
1: cross match LeBron himself, uh, <laughs> probably would, wouldn't you? I think that trapping defense is a pretty good way to approach these Cavs. You think so? Especially well, if you got Bosh at the five. Yeah, I think that's sort of letting LeBron handle LeBron and then <laughs> keying in on Kyrie is not a bad blueprint. And, like, there aren't a lot of teams right now that can
2: attempt. I mean, the Warriors will probably do some of that. Right. Well, the Warriors, I'm sure their strategy will just be every time they try to switch, we'll do it, and we actually have people right. that can do it. Now, 2017 Cavs could not stop. Like, who's stopping Dwayne Wade on the exactly, 17 yeah. Cavs? That's yeah. sort of the other thing. That's true. And who's guarding Bo- Bosh? Like for that matter. Yeah. Are you gonna play Kevin Love like are you just like gonna do the thing with you did in the finals and Kevin Love doesn't play a big role in that series? And like Tristan Thompson's trying to handle Bosch? Or? Right.
0: Yeah. I'm, hey, Tristan Thompson's an interesting, very important part of this. None of the Wizards' bigs could guard on the perimeter, and then you watch Tristan Thompson last night get in a defensive crouch or stance, I should say, and he guards gets right in front of Isaiah Thomas and makes him pass. You
1: I know? also think, you know, the twenty seventeen Cavs would throw off 2012 heat by just telling them stuff about present day be like
2: Donald Trump is president
1: <laughs> now like when someone's at the free throw yeah, line yeah. Shane Battier super you just smart be, be like, like what? dude they're they're remaking Diary of a Wimpy Kid and <gasps> going, what <laughs>
2: Friends, we have some breaking news. Hit me. The all-NBA teams are out. Very nice. This is like the moment we've all been waiting for. Or, I don't know, maybe just me. I don't know. My, you, my Paul
0: George, and uh, Gordon Hayward. Yes. <laughs> oh, yeah. Did those guys make it?
2: <laughs> well, should I bury the lead or should I deliver the lead right off the bat? D-
1: no, bury it. Bury it. bury it. bury it. Okay. Did I make it? What? Did I
2: make it? <laughs> Seth, You? Uh, I gave you my vote. Um, Second but team unfortunately, all unfortunately... Unfortunately, uh, you came up, I think, 20 votes short. Fourth team, it's fine. Fourth team. Well, actually, um, 20 votes is a lot, so it's more like the the seventh team, but not bad. All right. The first team, James Harden, LeBron James, uh, Russell Westbrook, Kawhi Leonard, Anthony Davis. I don't think there are any surprises there. Second team, Isaiah Thomas, Steph Curry, Giannis Antetokounmpo, Kevin Durant, and Rudy Gobert. Third team, this is where I think it gets interesting. John Wall, DeMar DeRozan, Jimmy Butler, Draymond Green, and DeAndre Jordan. Mm, So to answer your question, no hit, no George, no Hayward, no Supermax for you. No money,
0: no money.
2: Only thirty, only like a hundred and fifty million, instead of like two hundred and twenty million. It's still a lot of money, though. (laughs) That's like a huge difference. Yeah, it's like one
0: one fewer yacht. Yeah, it's true. I guess how much? How much are yachts? A lot. I've. Never shop. Now, granted, Seth <laughs> yeah, really and I have not been researching that as much. Uh, I'm more of a dingy guy. <laughs> okay.
2: Uh, yeah, so, uh, Ben, you had an
0: interesting thought. I mean, look, let's let's play these games out, right? I, Off the top of my head, I was like, oh, the second team's pretty good. Maybe they could beat the first team. But then I started thinking about Isaiah a little bit, and he's not that good against other really good players unless the other team is switching Gortat or Jason Smith onto him. Yeah. So... So, no, I think the first team would still win, but that second team has one wildly impressive second team given
2: the seasons that all those guys had. I think the third team actually has – man, the only problem is that is that DeRozan is there. Yeah. You know, if you had someone else – like, if you put Paul George on the third team, like, I actually think they'd have a really well-rounded actual yeah. basketball team. Can I remind you that the,
1: the front court of the first team, just defensively yeah. – don't even think about offense – is Kawhi,
2: LeBron, and Anthony Davis. Yeah, it's true, but the backcourt—James Harden, Russell Westbrook—maybe a little bit of a problem defensively. They get buckets though. That's true. That's interesting,
0: though. I I mean, how do you guys both feel about you know contract incentivizations based on this in general? Just
2: as a on on media voting, yeah.
1: It feels a little unfair.
2: Yeah, I think so. So what's what what would you do instead? Because I I think about this a lot too. It's like, what is the other alternative? Do we we even need need contract incentives? I don't know, or maybe you make it based on like something that's not uh, individual, like kind of honor. Yeah, just make it in-house, you know. So, like if it, like if you score, if you like finish first on the charge board, uh, you know during practice, you get a you'd get a bonus, like internal <laughs> metrics or something like that. Well, yeah, if you just remember everyone's birthdays and send <laughs> yeah. cards. I don't know. It just,
1: I and I think media members are taking
0: this more and more seriously as they realize these things. But they have influence. Like, media members deciding that Paul George isn't a max player, that, a super max player, that probably hurts the Pacers. Yeah. No, it definitely hurts the Pacers. That's what I'm saying. Like, the media, uh, let's give a good example. Uh, The Bucks or Bulls, national writers, right, have a direct interest in Paul George leaving Indiana for their team. Well, it's they better don't better for have, their t- it's better for the Eastern Conference teams in their division or whatever. They don't one play would, poli- one would hope just, just saying, that can, with, a, cares. with a large and dispersed sample
1: right. of media that any regional bias gets washed out. I would, also, I would hope so.
2: Also, they don't have sure. team employees doing it anymore. Yeah, they have the, a very that, selective 100 people. Right.
1: That um, purge that they did, I think, because okay. every year, I don't remember this being so much of a problem in first and second, and third team, but you know, every year someone messes up the MVP voting. Someone that messes up the Rookie of the Year voting. Which and
2: now it's public, so you know who. Sure. Right.
1: So making it public, and I think purging some of the, you know, random the guy who does radio for the Bucks. It's I, probably a I delightful. Don't, I don't know person. who that is. Sorry, I don't want to pick on it. <laughs> I know anywhere. what you're saying, but you know what I mean. People who aren't necessarily fans of all of the NBA or pay attention to all of the NBA or report on all of the NBA probably shouldn't get to pay people they've watched twice all season
2: also the the george situation is such an edge case like i know we had anthony davis last year and that was purely monetary but like the idea of like this affecting a franchise is such an edge case that i just don't think that we should sort of change the rule because of the exception like (laughs) when's the next i mean i'm sure something like this will come up again but so many things so many factors had to factor in here for this to be a factor. I, I, just, I just said factor three times, and
1: I just don't know how I feel about contract incentives to begin with. That's not how salary's supposed to work in yeah. anything the world.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's interesting. It feels unfair to me. I mean, in, unless it's something that is only in addition to. And well, they all are. They all No, I, I understand. All. All. Like I understand incentivizations, but like he can't qualify now into the largest contract that right. would have been his potential max contract. Because oh, of so incentivizations, so, so you're which saying which is which is wrong. That's a one saying, year thing affecting the long. That run. seems like
1: yeah. something the players' union would fight right? against. Right, but but it's really really antithetical know the to
0: having a union.
2: Yeah. Well, it helps. Well, and it helps them get more money though. So I don't know why that would be like. It doesn't change yeah. like their base. It's not like yeah. It's not like if you don't make All NBA, you lose salary. Right. Yeah, if it's a
1: bonus, not a potential deduction. But still, yeah. I don't know. It doesn't feel like that when I mean, you know we're talking about it now as if it's a deduction. As if it's, it's a, a deduction. deduction. Yeah. Yeah. Paul George was definitely watching the news today, saying, "Either I'm getting the money I feel I earned, or not, because media members didn't vote for me."
2: Right. right. Well, I also think that there's so much potential for, like, if you're Paul George, like, why wouldn't you pay like all hundred media members ten thousand dollars each? Right. I mean, That'd how much fine. is that? How much of that add up to? I'm bad at math. Uh, how many media members? Are there? No, like ha-
1: ten thousand.
2: hundred times ten thousand. That's that's what, like a million dollars total. So with you make. You pay a million dollars to potentially make $70 million in the next five years. Yeah. Right? Like, wouldn't you... Great investment. Well, now I want to
1: see Mike Prada, borderline NBA superstar, paying off <laughs> the
0: employees <laughs> to get a Supermax contract. Yeah. <laughs> this day and age and uh, the way that things leak on Twitter, I, I, there's no way that would get Yeah, out. no. Yeah. You can't bribe yeah. 100 people. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Maybe if you just, like, stuck to, like, a couple. All 100? That'd be so good. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> <laughs> Every one of them gets a Paul George stuffed Is there any animal rule that says, against like, that? rip my you head know? off. And but it rips there... the head off, and there's
2: just, like, money bounding out of it. That's just <laughs> what I'm saying. There's, there's no rule against it. <laughs> That's true. Do, do teams
0: campaign for all NBA type stuff?
2: I think so. The way they I do know, with, uh,
0: say, All-Star Rookie Rick of the Year or anything. I think that. so, yeah. Maybe I mean this feels like the 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 Chappelle idiom of like you know I'm I'm sorry officer I didn't know I couldn't do that <laughs>
1: right <laughs> like also it's funny when it's third team All NBA yeah. please <laughs> vote for DeMar DeRozan for third team All NBA yeah. he like, earned well, it well why not first
2: well, come on. <laughs> it was on the flip side I was when I was, the last podcast that you missed when I was talking to Harrison Fagan of mm-hmm. uh, Silver Screen Roll he was like saying isn't it kind of weird that Lakers fans are rooting for Paul George not to be one of the 15 right. best players in yeah. the NBA it's true. well I think that's pretty you know Free agency is
1: just hoping that everyone but you thinks the guy sucks.
2: Yeah. Right. Yeah. But it's still draft. sort of a That's weird thing. That's how all this stuff works. Like is, yeah. He's not good enough to be 13 All-NBA, but, right. man, he is going to save our Hopefully franchise. Hopefully we are the only people who <laughs> right. realize
1: that he is great. Yeah. It's <laughs> like it's every fantasy draft agency. I've ever done. Yeah,
0: it's exactly. Like I wanted that guy, but the second someone picks him before me, like fuck, that guy he's going to get hurt this year. Terrible yeah. pick. I hope he yeah. dies. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <Yeah>.
2: Exactly. <laughs> I hope he dies. That was, that was probably Ben who said that.
0: <laughs> All right. Well, we have Seth on here, so we'd be remiss if we didn't do a little bit of Nick's talk. And there has been some hypotheticals being tossed around in the in the office here. So, Mike. What was the question you proposed to Seth the other day that made him think long and hard? It was so, a Perzingis-related question. Wait, to, I need to preface this. With, was it a draft pick? Prada asked me this at, like, <laughs>
1: 8.45 in the morning, and my so, brain just slimed so. out of my ear. It's not that early. All right, 9.15 in
2: the morning. No, I'm saying, like, that's not that early. Like <laughs> It's, like, 3 a.m. Uh, yeah, yeah. You didn't get like a call. Maybe I'm becoming an caught old me man. Off guard. Maybe I'm becoming an old man, but I it doesn't feel like it's early. early. I, it, it's I had early. just gotten to the office. That's okay, what I mean. sure. so the question is right. So the Knicks got the eighth pick right <laughs> in the first round. It's no secret they need a guard. I mean, I think they basically said they need a guard.
1: Yeah, Phil yeah. has said we we want to draft. We feel set in the front court, and we want to draft a guard, a wing, right? So, like
2: and that. there are obviously a lot of good guards in this draft, yeah. but. The Lakers have the second pick, and everybody thinks they're taking Lonzo Ball. And so the obvious question is, what about D'Angelo Russell? So here's my question. Would you trade the eighth pick for D'Angelo Russell? Right. So (laughs) when
1: you asked me that, I think I just spat out, no, of course not. And as a fan, as someone who just wants to like the Knicks, no, I'd rather just keep the eighth pick. I think... I think a lot of fans are guilty of this, but it's just really fun having rookies. It's fun having a player who's never played anywhere but your team. He might be the best player ever. You He's know, right. it, when the Knicks draft, whoever it is, uh, there's some good-looking guys. Malik Monk, Frank Ntilikina could be there. Maybe Darren Fox drops. Probably not. It could be Dennis Smith. Who's to say one of those guys isn't the greatest player at his position of
2: all time? Who's to say they're not the next Trey Burke?
1: Right. D'Angelo Russell, and this this happens, I think, with trade value too. Like, you know, Shane Larkin was a borderline lottery pick and then got traded and t- got traded to the Knicks as basically a throw-in a year later. Yeah, um, that's gonna be so, anyway, next year. so anyway, DeAngelo yeah. Russell has committed the grave sin of playing basketball for a couple <laughs> yeah. years. Yeah. yeah, And now I don't like him anymore. <laughs> yeah, you know, he's been fine. He's he's a young and immature point guard. He's basically. You know he hasn't just like burst out in his first couple of years the way some other guys in this class have, but certainly could still be a, still be a star, could could be a superstar someday. He's got a ways to go. He probably has a lot of growing up to do. I think sort of
2: yeah.
1: mentally and in maturing. But it's just not as fun because now it's I know who D'Angelo clear. Russell is. I've seen him in an NBA jersey and at, purely as a fan. <sighs> no, nah, I like having draft picks. They're this, fun. this
0: is just like the Do you want the boat or do you want the box? The box could be anything, right? Right. Yeah. It's it, could like it could even be a boat. And it's when like, it doesn't matter, when it's just basketball, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I yeah you, got, you guys play Candy Crush, right?
2: Yeah, I, used to, I used to dabble. You know, like I find that when I play Candy Crush, I instinctively go to the you know mystery yeah. question mark ones, yeah. even yeah. though like there's probably a 50-50 chance they're just going to sink my level. <laughs> but I always, when there's a choice between like a good move that's no question marks and a good move that's question yeah. marks, I always, and I catch myself doing it. I say like, oh, I really don't want to do this. Human nature, Mike.
1: Objectively it feels a little bit like a toss up. D'Angelo Russell was a top three pick in a really good draft class. He has acquitted himself just fine so far. His numbers aren't
2: only twenty one years old. Great.
1: Only twenty one years old.
2: He, how, old is, how old are these, like, the French guy? What's his name that I can't pronounce? He's 18 right now. Oh,
1: okay. So they're all at least freshmen, oh, okay. at most freshmen.
2: Okay. So it's not like e. Russell is going to be in a situation where no, he's, No, these like, are all babies. Older. I think Jackson's okay. the oldest one. He's, like, 20. He just turned 20.
1: Yeah, okay. Yeah, I don't think anybody the Knicks are, are looking at. Basically, none of those point guard wing yeah. types are anything so, other than
0: freshmen. So tell me, if it's not trading the pick for a guy like D'Angelo, who's your preference at that? You just mentioned some guys, but who does Seth want? Who does the voice Whoever of the drops. Expansion? That's the thing about the eighth yeah. pick is, I, I
1: – Grant, I'm not a college basketball expert. I have done only the, you know, look at the Draft Express videos sure, level sure. of research, and I watch some games and here and there. But I look at it as there are six guys Fultz, Ball, Fox, Monk, Smith, and Neil Akina might be leaving someone out. But there there are six guards who look like they're all going to go in the top ten. Neil akina for some reason in some uh mock draft, slips out of the top ten. Um presuming that someone like Jason Tatum, someone like uh Josh Jackson is going to go earlier than the next pick. Probably both will. Probably both will. And uh Jonathan Isaac might be in there too. Basically what I'm saying is the Knicks are going to have their choice of one or two of those guys. Yeah. Probably someone of the Smith, Monk, Neil Aquina group, just based on the way mock drafts look.
0: And, and any of those guys could be and a they, top four pick, too. Be, not that they will be, but yeah. just like based on what we know and how they played last year. Like, Look, when I watched Dennis Smith put up a triple-double at Cameron Indoor, he looked like the best point guard in America that game. Now, he had that same type of bias placed on him that we put on Ben Simmons that Fultz is somehow not getting, that Ben Simmons did get. Yeah. We could talk about that a little bit right now by the way, which is that everyone shit on Ben Simmons last year for being like a loser even though LSU was the first place where he ever lost anything. He dominated in high school. He dominated the AU circuit, and he dominated the high school All-American stuff. Here we go. Let me just get through this, Mike. Markel Fultz, quieter guy, Pacific Northwest, Uh, doesn't get a lot of attention, not a program like LSU. Look look at Ben Simmons' –
1: I don't think this is it. Stop. stop, Fultz has no holes in his game.
0: Okay. Well, real quick. If he had no holes in his game, his team would have been at least in the NCAA tournament, right? This is the whole argument.
2: Look at his teammates.
1: Stop with that! Wait, Look wait, at, wait I cannot name any Markel Fultz right,
2: teammates. But so I'm meanwhile, in no position meanwhile LSU <laughs> had like some top hundred, pl- like some sure. top recruits, right? Whatever. Come I mean, well, all whatever.
0: I, I'm and this hit. no holes in this game thing, by the way, I want to want to talk about that real quick. Everybody is taking the word of Draft Express, just like I am. No, and I'm I take the I, word of Ricky O'Donnell, <laughs> yeah. Richard and, P. Wow. O'Donnell. Yo, that's, that's so rude. Guys, of you it all starts. It all starts from the same place. Just so we're on the same page. No, no, Ricky was talking about Fultz. Look, I know ago. Ricky's on his game. I love, I love nothing more. So Draft no Express offense, is looking at Ricky. But I love yeah. when I get Ricky in front of myself here. Mike's never with us, doesn't like doing the college basketball stuff. I love being able to pick Ricky's brain. And I know he's been high on faults for a long time. I'm well aware his measurables are, are wild wingspan and great, you know, nice-looking shot. All these things that, like, will portray well in the NBA. I get it. I'm just saying if there's an, uh, uh, some value placed on how his mm-hmm. team does, which somehow has mattered now. I mean, look. Next season, we're going to watch Michael Porter Jr. By all accounts, the top prospect or one of the top two prospects in the 2019 uh, or 18 class or, or uh, draft. Uh, he's going to go to Missouri next year, and they're going to be bad because they're not a good basketball program. And right. he's going to be really good. We'll see what happens there because Missouri has better talent than I guess Washington. I think backing it up, the the I mean, first of all, Ben Simmons
1: was the first pick either yeah. way, yeah. so it worked out fine for Agreed. him. He clearly didn't get that much backlash to his team's department, but I think. That was stupid. I think neither of them should be agreed. Thank you. We, when good. we're talking about the NBA draft, I don't really care about college basketball and what you think about them as college players, but totally. And, and so Simmons was the first pick, so it totally. didn't hurt him that much. Well, so you're just uh, whining for well, no reason. W- no, no, me. no. <laughs> what I'm trying to get <laughs> to, if I'm going to go full circle here, what I'm trying to get
0: to is, I was going to give you a compliment. Yeah. Seth. All right. Sorry. Bring it okay, back. Okay. Okay. Is that the Knicks are in a fine place? They're yeah. going to be able to pick from a, someone who could very well be one of the best players in this and just
1: as, as a fan and as someone who fears the front office, a lot of the work is going to be done for that. That's right. This is, exactly. this is so
2: interesting. It's, it's This point. is so interesting. I find this a lot, too. It's like I, the anxiety of making the choice, like when you take that away, it's actually like very comforting. Oh, this comforting. is a proven psychological phenomenon is that <laughs> yeah. choice paralyzes people. Choice. Yeah. yeah. I wonder, but then why doesn't like the eighth pick like turn out better than the average fourth pick?
0: Well, because not every well, because, year are there eight good players. Yeah. I mean, that's the key. This year happens to be a, a year with lots of parity in the top Ten players, top twelve players. Even if you draw it out a little more, Jonathan Isaac. By, I feel like uh, we say this at least. All it the time, feels that. Right. Yeah, for well, sure. But like, if we're gonna go, uh, you know, from what Ricky, our sage uh, Ricky O'Donnell has to say, he loves Jonathan Isaac's game. Last time I had him on this podcast, he said that he thinks he could be in the top four picks. He could still be the top four picks, right? Exactly. But he could also go eight to the Knicks. And that's what I'm trying to say, though. Look, if you put Markin in, per se, okay, the guy from Arizona. Don't want him. Not on your team. But if he (laughs) goes to Minnesota, that's kind of a nice court-spacing big guy potentially to play alongside of their already very athletic long team, right? He might also drop to 12, 13, 14 and still be the guy who could have been picked seven or eight. Yeah. Um, The whole idea here, though, is that there's a lot of depth in this draft. I totally agree about being paralyzed by the decision. As a Sixers fan who has now seen us pick three overall a number of times Mm -hmm. now, um, that's a difficult one to be at. Like, There's really not much difference between what they're looking to get at three this year and what they could potentially get if they hadn't even had the pick swap. Thanks, Vlade. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I just got a T-shirt that has uh, Sam Hinky stepping over I saw you, that. You that would is, be the one that person great. that buys that T-shirt. No, uh, hundreds of us. No, uh, isn't that There's you all t- would be the one? T-Republic, whatever the, the Sixers T-shirt yes, game. I know. Just I, like our thirty-three hundred. And I'm gonna give a huge shout out to Levin and uh, the entire Sixers Twitter world. And, and yeah. they, they've, Jesus Christ, they have created all disgusting people. They have created, <laughs> they have created the probably the best NBA community out there for a team that has no, in no way, so, deserves to have that. Community. What are they
2: gonna do when? <laughs> Sixers are in the playoffs
0: I I don't
1: know I don't, know I don't want to get mad at Sixers fans on this podcast there, there were 3,300 people at a lottery party
2: It's <laughs> yeah. tremendous but uh, real sorry. quick switching the subject real quick back to all NBA yeah. one yeah. only one player was a unanimous all first team pick Kawhi. who do you think it was, it was Kawhi because you're bringing it, was, it up it was not Kawhi <laughs> it
0: was not Kawhi uh,
2: uh, LeBron uh, no it was not LeBron it was not Russ it was James Harden <laughs> Thanks, Anthony Mike. Davis. Mike, remember, can be, yeah, <laughs> it was James Harden. Was the only Lebron got Lebron, <laughs> Russ, and Kawhi. Each there was yeah. one person that picked them not on the first team. Oh. And do we get to know who that is? Yeah,
0: we do, right? I, we do, public. but I, I, I yeah, don't yeah, want to take. Don't the t- go through it right now. Well, but, I'll, I'll okay, tell you what. So, I, I disagree with Frank Isola. Okay, oh, okay. I'm sorry about that. No, uh, is Frank Isola. What did I, <laughs> I <solo> do? <laughs> just I was oh, surmising gotcha. he was the one yeah. who voted out against him. Yeah. Nah,
2: one one person left Russell Westbrook off the first team.
1: So, right, I don't want these people deciding yeah. who gets the Supermax. That's right. If there's even one out of 100 people who thinks that Russell Westbrook doesn't deserve first-team all-NBA.
0: Yeah, don't vote. I don't know how, I, like... I, I agree. I don't trust or, if, or if you're that same person who's like, but James Harden does. <laughs> right. Fine, but there's nothing... Like, you're, you're parsing hairs there. I, I, I have an issue with that. I think this is another... We should do, like, a, full, a full-on economics... A financial analysis podcast. We're we already actually, falling asleep. We, well no, but like Mike, you like contracts and stuff. And there is I, a, there's an interesting way to talk about like the NBA structure is getting complex. It is a star-driven league where the stars have a lot of power, but at the same time, like we just talked about, the national press can decide what their ultimate earning potential is. That's a kind of wild thing to think
2: about. If you if you could decide not actually how much they make, but like just like what their cap figure is. Like so it would be like something that wouldn't actually affect their lives. It would just affect, like, how we built teams. Like, if they had, like, a real salary and then, like, a number that was assigned by writers to how much they're basically worth. Mm -hmm. By writers? Or just by you. Me? Like, would – By – How much would you – what would the number be for, like, LeBron? Like, what's LeBron's actual value? Value, and, and not, like, what he actually makes. So you don't have to feel like bad about... Percentage like, percentage of salary cap. You don't have to feel bad about literally taking money out of his pocket or putting money in his pocket or whatever. Like, what would the number be?
0: Yeah, like, LeBron, uh, if um, Connelly... Or was it Harden makes $30 million, right? Well, I'm just saying... Well, let's
1: say we proportion could proportion
0: of the
1: salary cap? No, I'm just saying, like, let's say you had
2: value. the power to actually decide a player's worth for an NBA team. Like, I don't know, I just... But you wouldn't actually be taking – this is a convoluted now Well, I Maybe think the way you want to think about
1: okay. it then is, like, does LeBron deserve half of a team's cap? Right. Mm-hmm. That's what do, I'm trying deserve, to say. Yeah. Should – you know, is he worth 80 percent of a team's
2: cap? Right. 90 percent? And it's not – again, not necessarily – like, he his salary that he takes home is, like, whatever you – we decide right. it is. It's just, like, from a cap-building right. standpoint. He is worth more than 50 percent of a team's cap. I think so. I would say Far well over, over that. that. Yeah. yeah. And do like, you think he's worth an entire team's cap?
0: Well, so that's the thing. in, in, in right, so so right. an entire cap, let's say it's ninety percent. So you can fill in the rest of your roster. But if you could do that the same way the Cavs basically did that this year, which was the waiver, you know, after the uh, trade deadline, getting every veteran who makes sense to put around him, mm-hmm. you know, that's something that they're going to correct. I'm assuming the NBA is going to correct this offseason, right? It sounds like they're working okay, on it. because that's like a major flaw in the system that they don't have to make trades but can add
2: four very good veterans. Is it a flaw in the system? Yes, like, that's like absurd. Who why should we make, like, Darren Williams languish in Dallas? Well, maybe would it Wouldn't it again in the name of, like, strengthening the best teams, the teams that really matter, like, I kind not? of
1: enjoy it. You know, then in February, the veterans who are wasting away on— crappy teams can kind of just look around and say alright well let's all they sort of just separate into one
2: of three or four wagons depending on the year like
1: I also a couple like, guys are going to hop on the Warriors a couple yeah. guys are going
2: to hop on the Cavs I also like the courting process where these teams are so excited about landing Brandon Jennings and Darren Williams <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, mean, I think that's like kind of the other thing it's of course like, Brandon
1: Jennings didn't manage to like sneak his way onto like the Warriors no he ended up on
2: there's the a, there's like a pecking order right it's like he, he couldn't get to the very best team so he went a step down but then that team that was a step down still beat out some other teams that he could have gone on right. and those other teams had to settle for like the other like kind of not so great vet it's like at the end of the day we're talking about like guys who aren't yeah. very good anymore that's that's what I other, love about maybe they it. just
1: need to instead of trying to eliminate it just codify it a bit more yeah just, there is a second round of free agency yeah yeah that, you know, i agree can, what if it was just make, a, a
2: straight auction like
1: this is what i've always like what if like a little exp, not expansion it's almost like a consolidation draft
0: yeah yeah get, get rid of your fringe veterans from your shitty teams and let them yeah if the you team. just said listen new york knicks you have huh. absolutely no need for courtney lee come on
1: <laughs> or I guess you wonder, you only got one guys in like one year deal. So right. really, it's Brandon Jennings. Like you have no need for Brandon right.
2: Jennings. And then you'd have like Kevin Harlan as like the auctioneer, and yeah. you'd have all these teams like raising bids. But
1: like Derrick Rose, probably you know if he were the third point guard for the Warriors right now or something.
2: Yeah, yeah. I think yeah. that would actually be pretty nice.
0: It's funny. I was at Jennings' best game as an NBA player. He put up 50 fifty-five five against the Nets. He against the warriors. He, he had a 50-point game, maybe it wasn't his best, his one of his year. best. He had one of his best games was in in Brooklyn. Okay. And he put up 50 something and he had his, you know, his flick three-pointer was just on that day. Yeah. It was pretty amazing to watch because everything looks incredible out of his hand. It's just yes. once it hits it the rim. Yes. to or, at least. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry Mike. Um too many too many references to the uh, now deceased uh Wizards. Um
2: cool. I've also been like wondering like what if we changed the way the draft worked where like I heard this idea from somebody and I loved it. Like, what if it was the prospects were picking the owners and the owners had to like sit in the green room and the owners need to come up? And the well, prospects. Obviously, of, I don't support this because <laughs> the Knicks were getting nobody. <laughs> <laughs> but just like the pageantry of, of that or just something that. Everyone I, be on the lake. I forget maybe. where I heard that idea. So it's not my idea. Yeah. No, I, I, I don't want to say that's my idea, but I just love the image. For the sake of Seth.
0: Um, and so that the fact that you know we don't want the Mavericks and Lakers to have the two best teams. Uh, Why would the Mavericks
2: have the best
1: people like Mark like Cuban?
0: P- yeah, yeah, people or players. NBA players players like. like
2: Mark Cuban. Uh, yeah, if if they like Mark Cuban, like, wouldn't they have signed a big free agent like Cuban, one of these years? Cuban literally changed the franchise by treating them all like billionaires. Okay, he, he, so then why he, didn't that was, why didn't these guys all sign with them when they? Well, broke he up he's, their missed, he's missed out
0: team? on some big time free agents, but I this, suspect
1: uh, there are a lot of players who don't want the owners sitting behind the bench.
2: That's probably true. And Maybe and I'm who don't want to ever little
1: talk little to the
0: owner. Yeah, yeah. So what? So but though, like then there's the flip side, which is like NBA or college prospects now being like. It'd be incredible to learn from magic. Like, somehow magic's going to be there at every practice teaching them how to play point guard. So, there is sort of like this. Ugh. I, I'm sorry, yeah. I know. It's no, true. No, it's, it's just true, like, though. Others. Yeah. <laughs> I, no, I, I agree. Um, I, also <laughs> <laughs> um, I also hated seeing the potential prospects or the potential lottery picks, whatever, at the draft lottery. Yeah, I thought that weird. was really what, bizarre. Was that? That's the first time I did that? No, yeah. they've done that. I they do it every that year. Do
2: that? Yeah, they always do that. Lon- I think Lon-
0: Lonzo wasn't there, was he? no he wasn't uh, Fultz was there Jackson was there Yeah, Tatum basically was there. everyone but Lonzo yeah. was
2: there I think yeah. it's bizarre I, I gotta say though like are we pro or against the lottery as a TV event because I'm very pro
0: yeah, no, I love it. I don't care. It's expensive I mean, every year. I, I, I mean, I as long as, as the
2: Knicks are in it, I'm going to watch it. It
0: yeah. feels really stupid. Does it need like, to be my an girlfriend hour long? was sitting
1: next to me? My girlfriend laughs at me when I watch basketball games because well, that's my, pretty stupid.
2: My wife was like, "This is the dumbest but, thing man, I've ever is seen."
1: It very embarrassing to be sitting there with my like legs shaking. You know, when the guy, when the guys Mark Tatum is pulling out the envelope with the eighth pick in it, I'm like, please, please, please. please. Oh, yeah, yeah. That doesn't, that doesn't feel very dignified. No,
2: that's no. what's great about it, though.
1: They have yeah, the I mean, none music. of this, I like. In, I care deeply about a bunch of dudes wearing pajamas throwing a basketball <laughs> at a metal rim. So right. None of this is dignified.
2: But <laughs> I don't know. I, maybe I like it more now that the Wizards aren't in it. I, yeah. I, it was very nerve wracking. You when didn't have Wizards. to care about it. Right yeah, I mean, now, it's... I can just kind of laugh and you know watch these. I mean, Think about it. They fly all these representatives for like a free trip. Probably it probably is like to, it's on the expense. Caucus. It's on the right. expense report, right? So it's like when they're budgeting like their their fiscal year budget, they have to like, account for like, here Magic Johnson flies to hear yeah. a o- bunch of envelopes opened, mm-hmm. right? And I will
0: say the uh, the parallel there, or the, the imagery of joel and and oh, magic great.
2: was just tremendous yes yeah, that was
0: definitely <laughs> intentional the putting them yeah, next to course. each
2: other yeah and i was saying this in the other pod like joel is not a laugher like he's a funny person but he's not a laugher you but know what you mean? make yes. him but when you get him to smile like it's the most yeah. successful thing but he like do. keeps a straight face through his jokes oh he's great he's great at whereas it whereas magic johnson you tickle him and he starts <laughs> laughing right right <laughs> just, not that i've ever done that before <laughs> Most people laugh. I, just them. so
1: we
0: clear, I wouldn't recommend it.
2: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. So you had a bad experience when you tried it? Yeah.
0: <laughs> okay. But no, the uh, that was funny. Um, in general, just uh, I'm okay with the lottery. There'll probably be some, uh, as we were just talking about, the, uh, Mike kind of threw out a, a hypothesis for how to change it. I bet down the line they do change it. Um,
2: but there is no one good solution yet. Are man. you talking about, like, changing the odds yeah, like changing the pageantry? The actual lottery. No, oh, okay. Not just the pageantry, but just, like, the process itself so why don't the, the, here's Alex, what I've, et cetera. Here's what I've wondered about. Like, why don't they just show us the ping pong balls? Yeah. I, didn't they used to do the ping pong? Ball? No, it used to be they pulled envelopes out oh, yeah, of the, the – the frozen envelope. Right. right. So why don't they show the ping pong balls? I've been – Always wondering it, that. I think
1: that part is a little convoluted because, you know, it's not like you're picking out that's, a ping pong ball right. that says Phoenix Suns on it. It's yeah, true. You pick out four and it says one, four, eight, yeah. 12, and then you have to look at it up at a board, but you already pulled that one, so you have to do it again. Like, I think it's actually a really yeah. painstaking Yeah, we process. did an
0: explanation in a good piece on just Someone said that the – I remember
1: reading uh, – I can't remember who reported this. I'm sorry, but the Celtics combination came up like four times. They had oh, to that happens it ever, a That does happen a lot, yeah. actually. So I think just because it's really boring. Yeah, it's even more boring than just pulling names out of a yeah. I'm just
2: imagining like having this flowchart on the screen that like as the lottery balls come up, it says who's still well, just eligible. Just imagine having
1: to be the announcer. We're like, all right, that's twelve, <laughs> eighteen, nineteen, twenty. Uh,
2: <laughs> no, you do it. Th- who is that? No, like, you do it this way. One, and then you pan to like the different people who know they're not eligible anymore. Well, no, because everyone
1: everyone's got a one somewhere. Like I, I think because you're doing a combination of four balls. I assume when they're doing it in that room, every time they pull out the four balls, then they spend like 40 seconds trying to figure out what just happened.
2: Yeah, I think, mm. that, I think that's right. Well, I've never been in the
0: room, so I'd have to ask someone who has. And... Uh, you got to get into the room where it happens, Mike. That's a Hamilton reference, everybody. Yes, it All is. right, on that note, uh, now that we've made it all the way to musical theater here on this Limited Upside podcast, um, anything else uh, we should talk about? I, I think we're basically done here touched on a lot of different topics today. This was a poo-poo platter episode, I'd, I'd call that. It wasn't shitty, though. No, it wasn't. Uh, you had to know that was coming. <laughs> of course. It's, I've done this. It's like 120 <laughs> episodes with Mike. If you tee it up, he knocks it out of the park. Um, <laughs> Seth, um, you doing any video or anything that we can look for you on? anything Coming up soon that our listeners should be checking out the one and only Seth Rosenthal? Uh, Just writing? Uh, working? I
1: don't know. Yeah. Uh, we just did something where me and Charlotte and Mike Das sat and watched uh, scenes from 90s sports movies and <laughs> nice. talked about them. What's that called? Uh, Rob's doing that. It's called Film Room.
0: Oh, nice. Mm. I'm looking forward to that. Please, the '90s. see it,
1: no shortage. share it on Facebook yeah.
0: so that I can keep my job. <laughs> <laughs> well, share it everywhere. Yeah, just share share Facebook it, share it, especially yeah. Facebook. Wherever you do your social uh, commentary, share it. Look for it. Facebook. Steph, <laughs> thanks for uh, coming on again, man. As always, it's a pleasure here. Always a pleasure. Excellent, Mike. Thanks for your uh, your input, buddy. We haven't done a podcast in person in fucking forever, so I appreciate uh, you yeah. taking the, the helm while I was sales conferencing and and out and about in my various journeys. I think a lot of people thought you were ducking the Lakers people
2: because <laughs> of the. No, uh, I'm cause... going on.
0: I'm going on the uh, on to uh, talk to Harrison and uh, okay, Anthony good. soon because uh, they've had me on before and they like to get my. My non-biased Sixers opinion you know, because I don't, I don't carry a lot of bias when I talk about right. the Philadelphia sports teams, but right, uh, I'll be going know. on the uh, Silver Screen uh, and Roll uh, Locked on Lakers I should say podcast, so you can look for me there guys, I'll share that eventually, but um, until then, or actually until the next Limited Upside, but having said that, all, all of that, go read Mike's stuff, go find Seth's stuff uh, download, subscribe, all that good stuff we always talk about for this, uh, and until next time uh, this is the Limited Upside Podcast